When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's happening? Did you have a good weekend? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. A little, a little R&R. It was lovely. I pimped out my backyard a little bit this weekend. Love it. I put a TV out there. I've got this covered area. It's like a little cabana in the backyard. And I thought, this is just screaming a need for a television. When you're out enjoying the great outdoors, how great would it be to have a little bit of the indoors out there with you? So I hooked up a TV and I I put a fire stick out there and I was watching the Jays game and I thought, wow, this can't get any better. This is the best thing going. And then it occurred to me on Sunday, I should put a game console out here. Yeah, do a little gaming out there. I sat in the backyard for about an hour and a half yesterday playing Mario Kart. It was so good, oh, that's Kat. Fun. We uh, we I've never thought about gaming outside. We do the projector though. Projector's a little easier, and it connects to all the apps and stuff. So where we're situated with the covered area, it's we just kind of throw a movie on or something like that on the wall. It's good. Gaming takes it to a whole. Another level. That's what I was hoping for. Hey, uh, what kind of projector did you get? Is it like oh, one of the high end ones or just one of the little good. pocket dealies? You know what? I really like it. And for a tiny, for a tiny system, like I want to say, it's very small. It the sound is incredible, and you can also add additional like uh, Wi Fi speakers to it as well. You can add additional sound, so it's actually pretty good. Huh? I like. I that. I don't know the brand. If you're asking me, I'm sorry. I'm the worst with that. I don't know the brand. <laughs> no idea. The projector brand. The the, the, the brand that does it. <laughs> Is there more than one? Uh, I don't know. Hey, um, I don't know what's going on here or why, but I got blocked by Ryan Imgrund on Twitter. Well, the fuck we, did I, I say? I can maybe think of a couple of reasons why. Well, I mean, I didn't say anything to him. No. I, actually, I think a lot of people did. He seems to have made his account private and you need to be an approved follower now. Mm-hmm. An approved follower. Is that a thing? I didn't even know that was a thing. You can approve your followers. I didn't know that. Uh, it's kind of like Instagram in that way now. Oh, right? oh, okay. I say now, but maybe it's been around for a long time. I don't know. My mind's all very open. All of my profiles are, you could just creep away. It doesn't matter. I don't really care. Well, I'll address a tweet that I sent yesterday. There was a rumor circulating, and I don't know if it's true or not. I'm not a member of the College of Ontario Teachers, but there was a rumor that Ryan's uh, teaching license was suspended. And and I don't think anybody should lose their job over COVID. And, and that's not a... Uh, pro-vax or an anti-vax it's not a pro-covid or an anti-covid thing i just think there's lots way too many people that have lost their jobs over that and and people pointed out to me ryan didn't uh, or that didn't happen to ryan because of a mandate it happened to him for other reasons i don't know what the reasons are i just don't understand why i got blocked but here we are uh I don't know if he's ever going to come on again. Do you think he will? Or is he mad at us? Because we're, well, you, we're not towing the line. You can't message him, but I can. You want me to message him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. So whatever. I, I'll try and not lose any sleep over it. But uh, oh, that's disappointing. I, uh, <laughs> I'd i love know. to hear the rest of the story. Uh, well, there's a chance that he might not realize if he had to go back and approve people. Or, or it's possible. I mean, you, you definitely did not share the same opinion as him. And you... Without naming names, I don't believe we ever named his name until this episode of the podcast since he's been on, basically, um, on our thoughts and his thoughts. And I also disagree with a lot of his thoughts and the way that he's saying things. And I believe I've kind of alluded to that before, uh, but I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a specific instance, maybe generally speaking, but I know that he does listen to the podcast and he has people that he, he knows that listens to the podcast. So by all means, if he wants to reach out, he can. Well, this is a good opportunity to bring up the mandates again, which are still in place and they've got to change. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, the biker rally was on this weekend in Ottawa. Oh, what happened? I never heard a thing about it through the weekend. That's because it was relatively uneventful. Okay. I saw more complaining from journalists than I saw from the actual police. Mm-hmm. It seems like for the most part, other than a couple of uh, a couple of bad apples, that things were peaceful. In fact, and this is bizarre, I didn't see this one coming. Ottawa police are now investigating after some of the people who were targeting the demonstrators, 
vandalize their church. There was a church service on Sunday morning at the Capital City Bikers Church, and somebody spray painted it with graffiti. So now Ottawa police are investigating counter protesters for hate motivated mischief crimes. That's a criminal charge if they figure out who did it. Okay, I didn't see that coming. But hey, these guys said they were coming in for the weekend. They were going to make their point and they were going to leave. And that's exactly what they did. They were gone by Sunday afternoon. In fact, the police said there was more of them than protesters by Sunday afternoon. And that's a good thing. I don't think there was any injuries, no real property damage or anything like that. So that's good. Then we skip over to Quebec, Cat, and I, uh, I just get angry when we impose our lifestyle at the expense of animals. And this is what's so sad. Quebec's Wildlife Protection Agency says a polar bear that was spotted Saturday in the Gaspé Peninsula had to be killed. The provincial, a a polar bear, an actual polar bear. Well, in all fairness, though, this is the first time that a polar bear has been spotted on the south shore of the St. Lawrence River. That's much further south than you typically see polar bears. And the police say the bear was killed for public safety reasons as being outside its natural environment could have made, could have made the animal more aggressive. Well, I don't disagree with them. Was there really no other alternative but to kill it? You couldn't tranquilize it. You couldn't do anything else. You had to kill it. Yeah, I mean, they'll. T- I don't know in this specific instance what happened, but I know in some, we've heard similar, right? We've heard similar and maybe it wasn't a polar bear. Maybe it was a black bear. Maybe it was a different animal altogether. I always ask that same question too. But I also, to be fair, Who's gonna who's gonna wrangle it? Whose job is it to do that? Who who do we have around that's that's used to doing that? I mean, there's a lot of questions. I won't I couldn't begin to tell you the proper way to to deal with the situation. I couldn't. I think that there are trained people somewhere in this country though that have to know what to do when a polar bear gets too close to people. And I get that they don't usually see polar bears in that area. That's that's further south than they typically go. But where are the people who normally deal with these sort of things? Was there nobody they could have called? Was there no other options? I just want to know because the bear didn't do anything. They said it could have gotten aggressive, but as far as I know, it didn't. Hmm. It didn't attack anybody. Right. It was doing what polar bears do. It was looking for food. And the fishing in the St. Lawrence is great. So I don't know if this needed to be done, but I suspect strongly that there had to be another option. And I just fucking hate that that's our instinct is to start shooting. But it seems to happen all the time. And Kat, it's really frustrating. I feel bad for that bear. Yeah, me too. I never, we never want to hear stories like that. It's terrible. The White House Correspondents' Dinner was held this weekend. Ah, yes. Really low-key this year. Normally going into it, there's a lot of hype. And for years, when Donald Trump was the president, they went off. But here's the thing is, because it isn't sexy, like this year. You know when Obama, Obama was the last president to actually take part in it. Am I correct? Before Other than Biden, Joe? yeah. Yeah. So that was a sexy moment. That was a sexy time. And by sexy, I don't mean he's sexy. I mean, just generally speaking, he had connections. He knew people. It was celebrity. It was a hot thing. Joe Biden is just kind of like there. And, and sure, there's celebrity that took part in it that did go. Like your Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. They went on a date. Cool. Um, we know that they've met before about some more serious things. And there's a bunch of celebrities that went fine. But it's not the same as like an Obama, for example. Yeah, and Trump never went. Trump actually had a bad taste in his mouth from when Obama was president. Trump went when Obama was there, and Obama made a joke about Trump, and he didn't like having a joke made about him, so he never attended. So Biden finally went this year, and it was all written for him. Joe Biden's not a a comedian. I think everyone understands that. So all the jokes he told were written for him. Trevor Noah is usually not a particularly funny person either, but he actually had some good lines. So here's 40 seconds of the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I'll be honest, if you didn't come, I totally would have understood. Yeah, yeah, because these people have been so hard on you, which I don't get. I really don't. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, (laughs) everything. President Biden's lack of a filter does get him into hot water sometimes. You know, last month he caused a huge international incident saying that Vladimir Putin should be removed from power. It was very, very upsetting to Russia. Yeah, until someone explained to them that none of the stuff Biden wants actually gets done. 
not bad. Not I'm, bad. It was not okay. Bad. Not bad. And usually I'm not a fan of Trevor Noah's comedy. Comedy, anyway. So this, this was the White House in what we were led to believe is still a pandemic and there was almost no masks. So I'm thinking that the White House is trying to do what we're trying to do here and move away from things. Although Bill Gates did an interview this weekend and he said there is a way above 5% risk. The world has not yet seen the worst of the COVID pandemic. He said he didn't want to sound the doom and gloom but warned there was a risk of even more transmissive and even more fatal variants that could be generated. We're still at risk of this pandemic generating a variant that would be even more transmissible and even more fatal, Gates told the Financial Times on Saturday. Hmm. How does Bill Gates know so much about pandemics? Because I don't really know the history, but I've seen his name come up way more times than I can imagine needed to be done <laughs> during this pandemic. This is the, how the theories got started, though, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. You have siblings. And yeah, today is National Brothers and Sisters Day. Didn't we just have, we just had Siblings Day at the beginning of April. Why are there so many dates? Like, have we done enough for each other? Well, I mean, there's... A- <laughs> Just no, me? we'll do siblings day and that's Come it. On. That's where we draw the line for me too. By the way, um, my brother and sister's birthday, they're twins, my brother and sister, and their birthday is like a day. Is it a day before or day after one of the two a national siblings day? So every year I'm like, I'm not messaging you twice. Okay. You get a birthday greeting. That's it. I'm not going to message you on siblings day. We just had this. I just told you, yeah, I love you. Fine. Whatever that we're not doing it twice in a row. Okay. So here we are brothers and sisters day. All right. They did a survey in America and found that 89% have at least one sibling. So the next question was, what's best, being the oldest, youngest, middle child, or an only child? A bunch of people were polled, and 36% said being the oldest was the best. Kate, are those people who were the oldest, though? I would assume they were probably or highly jealous of their older sibling. But that's that's the thing, is that you could sit there and say... I know a lot of people who are envious of their younger siblings, for example, because they believe that they had to pave the way for their younger siblings. Isn't that the case usually? I think it is. You get away with so much as a younger sibling, blah, blah, blah. So even with that said, the fact that people still believe the oldest would be the best. In all fairness, though, there's a lot of people who think the youngest has it worse because the parents are very overprotective of the youngest because that's going to be the last one to leave the nest and they need extra care whereas the older ones are more self-sufficient. Yeah, and but, the, but at the same time they get extra attention and that can be a good thing. So 36% said the oldest. Youngest was the second most popular at 31%. Only 18% say they want to be the middle child. And 15% think being an only child sounds pretty good. (laughs) What happened for you to say that? What happened with your siblings that you would say being an only child would be all right? Yeah, you wonder if most people who say that have a ton of siblings or maybe just a couple siblings they don't get along with or one sibling they don't get along with for that matter. I'm curious about it too. They also found about one in five feel they are totally different than their siblings. Just no similarities. Mm -hmm. It's like X and Y. 10% say a brother or sister is their best friend. Only one in 10. I really thought that number would have been higher. Yeah, a best friend as your sibling. Well, I think as you get, it depends on the age range, I think. Because as you get older, when you're younger, you're best friends, right? I mean, that's usually the person you're around the most. And then you get a little bit older, you get into like grade school, you find your own friends, and then it gets to a point where maybe you don't get along at all. Like there were times where I didn't get along at all with my siblings. And then as adults, we kind of came together and, oh, we're having kids around the same time. We get together a lot and and things change. Those relationships tend to, to morph and change through the years. Did it ever get physical? Did you and your sister ever throw down? She wouldn't be able to handle it if we did. I, <laughs> Come on, I, really? I, there were names. There were names. For me, it was name calling. Never had. We used to wrestle a lot like as little kids. Absolutely. My brother would start that for sure. And it would, but it would be, he was very gentle with us and stuff. Two girls, right? But as we got older, it was more war of words. It was who's calling who a bitch at what time, like that kind of oh, thing. You actually. I said it one. I remember I said it and my mom was around. The one time, because I, I was like, I just had so much pent up anger and I just said it. And I'm like, I look at my mom's face and I was like, Ugh. I'm like, she deserved it. <laughs> no, I do remember. But it was, no, we never got into physical, a physical fight. No, 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 no. Okay. So when you look at the numbers, 8%, only 8% say they had a physical fight with a sibling that drew blood or left a scar. <laughs> 
I know those people, though. They're, doesn't everybody know those people? Have you? No. Have you gotten to a physical altercation? I mean, so when I was growing up, my brother and I are only three years apart. And when we were growing up, it was WWE. So we would wrestle. And okay. you get two boys close together. Yeah. And I swear my mom just had the list beside her. And if she heard a thud or a noise come from down the hall where we were, instantly went through her mind. Was it a pile driver? Was it a DDT? Did he come okay. off the top rope? What happened? But you were mostly playing. I mean, people got hurt, but you were playing. Well, somebody has to win. Someone has to be a winner. If I pin him, I so, won. Someone needs that belt, damn it. <laughs> Who gets the belt? I had the belt most of yeah, the time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So you guys never did that. You never really came to blows. No. Hmm. No. All right. That's good. And, and now you guys are close. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, because our, our, we all have kids. Like I said, we have kids around the same age. That's just our scenario, right? So we get together a lot and it's it's a, a different dynamic as you get older, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a snooze person or are you up on the first alarm? First alarm. One and done, baby. Really? Yeah, one and done. I don't know how you do that. I can't. I need that. that okay, it's almost time to wake up. It's closer to waking up time. Oh, I can't. It's time to wake up. Third alarm is when I wake up. Fourth yeah. and fifth one, that's like my my safety net. Like, oh, fuck, you yeah, didn't true. get up. Now you're going to be late. See, but then if you know you're going to do something like that, here's what I don't understand. Why would you interrupt the end of your sleep? Like for me, I want to go to the possible end. Like I know my end point that I got to get up. But this is how much time I need today. And maybe there's some days I need more time than others. Make sure you set my, I set my alarm for that time. I feel, otherwise, I get interrupted sleep. Who wants interrupted sleep? I don't like that. So one alarm, I, I, my ass is up. Two-thirds of us use that snooze. Use the snooze. Use the snooze. Uh, and they asked him, well, what's your week like? When are you doing it? What's the, the, the hardest day to get up? Right. I would have said Monday. I would have thought think. Monday. Yeah. I actually like Mondays, but I understand that people have a problem with it. Wednesday's the day. 40% of people say if, if they're going to have a hard time getting up, it's going to be Wednesday. The hump day. See, and I probably would have guessed Monday first, then Tuesday. Wednesday wouldn't have even been on. The, I would have even thought maybe Friday would be even harder, even though you feel good on a Friday. It's still like you, you went all the way through the week. You're a little bit more tired than usual. You're finally there. Wow, Wednesday. I use the weekend as the weekend was intended, as a day of rest. So I usually feel pretty good getting up on a Monday morning. Wednesdays? Oh, yeah, they drag. You agree, eh? Yeah. See, for me, it would maybe be Tuesdays. Tuesdays? Yeah, Tuesday's just a shitty little day. Because it's just kind of a meh. You're not close enough to the weekend to get excited and start talking about it, really. Take it right off the fucking calendar. But you can, like... It's starting to forget about what happened on the weekend already, (laughs) like the past weekend. Because Tuesday's just so shitty. Like, if I have, like, a Tuesday event, I don't fucking want to go. Like, who likes things on a... Does, that, does anyone agree with me? Like, don't you feel like Tuesday's the worst day? If someone's like, if I have shitty things lined up on a Tuesday, that makes sense. Because Tuesday sucks. But if there's something fun happening on a Tuesday, I'm like, I don't understand why you would do that on a Tuesday. Preserve, preserve the other four days a week by scheduling, like, your dentist appointments yeah. and all that shit. On, yes. That's a very Tuesday yes, thing to it's do. it's a very Tuesday thing. Yeah. If you hit the snooze button, there is a very good chance... You're going to hit it again and maybe again and again after that. 72% who use the snooze use it between one and four times every morning. Only 16%, including Kat, say they never hit snooze. And there's one in 10 who say they don't even use an alarm. They're that in tune with their body that they can just wake up when it's time. That I want to say that probably wouldn't be me to a T, but I know that I would be the type that if I did miss my alarm somehow, I would wake my body up before I actually started work. I think. Really? Even on the weekends. I don't know about you. Even on the weekends, unless I go to bed so late, it's crazy. Like it's early in the morning, basically. My body still instantly wakes up and it's like 340 or so, like always. And I'm like, oh, oh, wait, no, it's Saturday. Fuck it. Go back to bed. They, uh. They asked people, what would you be willing to sacrifice for one more hour of sleep? An extra hour of sleep every night. Think daylight savings every night. That's a good question. Never use a spoon or knife to eat again. Would you be willing to take that deal? A knife? Like a sharp knife? Yeah. No, I never All you get is a fork forever. <laughs> what do we need? I... Uh, yeah, you know what? Maybe you take that. You deal? know what? You know, I'm just thinking like scissors could be used as a knife. You could use scissors. I could be at a beautiful restaurant having steak, and I could use scissors. Right? Nobody would give me funny looks. No. What about soup? <laughs> How would I have soup? I would just drink it from the bowl like a fucking animal. Yeah.
screw it. I'd be like, no, but I had an extra hour of sleep, so joke's on you. You're a classy bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I made a deal to sleep a little longer. Let me just lap this up. <laughs> Don't pay attention to me. I'm just very, very rested. <laughs> Give up streaming services for a year? Oh, no. I, I don't know about that one. I'd take that deal. Would you take it? I would totally take that I'm bo- deal. I'm border right now. I'm borderline on that one. 30% said they'd be willing to do that. 33% would give up a spoon and a knife for that extra hour of sleep. That's crazy. Would you be willing to eat the exact same dinner every day that you get that extra hour of sleep? 100%. That's an easy one for me. And what would the dinner be? Oh, I get to choose? Yep. I would probably be so boring. And I'd go with like a, a protein, a salad, like I, I suppose, like a chicken breast, nicely done, a salad and, and another side to go along with it of some kind. I'd, I'd probably do that every single day. You wouldn't do something fun like pizza or burgers or something no, like no, that? No, no, because if I'm going to eat it every single day, I got to be careful there, you know? I try, try to be reasonable with that same exact meal. 28%. Or sushi, actually. Sushi'd be good. Sushi, it's yeah. A great idea. I never get sick of sushi. 28% say they would eat the exact same meal every day in exchange for one extra hour of sleep. Mm. Would you never go to a concert or sporting event ever again? Yep. I'd take that Easy. deal too. Easy. One in three would. Would you be willing to sleep on the floor for a month? How would you sleep with even with that extra hour? That'd be terrible. My answer is no. I mean, isn't that? I want a comfy bed. That's the reason I have a job. Why don't you get a nicer carpet? <laughs> I don't have any carpet. Well, there's, hard, that's part of I'd the be, problem. I'd be on hardwood. It'd be terrible. <laughs> One in four said they would be willing to do that. <laughs> Sleeping on your dog's bed. Like, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, move over. Fuck off. <laughs> this is my side. I'm going to be here for at least another hour. <laughs> so had, you better move. We had this conversation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. <laughs> Uh, sporting events since they're up, I don't know, Cap. We've been hurt so many times before as Leaf fans, I know. and the playoffs are here again. Leafs are in. They had a fantastic regular season. Austin Matthews is playing the best hockey he's ever played. He actually gets better as time goes on. A lot of reason to think that Jack Campbell is healthy. Is it okay? And I'm not asking for a prediction. Is it okay to feel optimistic or? Has history taught us that that's a stupid move to be optimistic about the Maple Leafs? I think you can be optimistic. You can absolutely be optimistic. I'm not crazy, right? Like, we're set for success here. Well, Unless well, the curse takes over. Whoa, whoa. But that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know. We all know. We all know the history. I think for me, I would be happy to see a win in the first round, going past the first round. That would be that the would win be for you. That would be like a win. A win. I mean, the win would be the cup, but I'm not... Sure, it's a, it's tough. There's a lot of really good teams, and I'm not going to pretend I've seen, I watched every single game, every single team this season, not even close. But I have been watching the Leafs and, and who the Leafs play. I think Tampa Bay is going to be a struggle, but I think it's better than Boston. Fuck Boston. I'm kind no. of happy that it's not Boston. I think that there, that means that there might be a chance, just because that w- they would have that lingering cloud of Boston above them for this series. We know it's a Stanley Cup def- defending ch- ch- team, um, but I have a good feeling about it. So, Good. Yeah, I think it's okay to be optimistic. Are we responsible enough to handle a Stanley Cup championship in this city? Because I don't know that we are. Oh, we. Would, I really don't know that we can handle it. We'd blow shit to pieces. Yeah. Like, I, I would actually worry. I bet you that the police forces would all agree, especially in Toronto, obviously, but even the surrounding areas. It would be an all hands on deck. You hope everyone would be good. But even when they had junior hockey championships in Toronto, it got crazy. Yep. It, my... My husband was a kid when um, at the point where Canada was playing and it was in Toronto and it was a big t- game and it wasn't even NHL. Like I said, 
He watched like a guy get trampled by a fucking horse in the streets. Like it really? was crazy shit. Yeah, there was some crazy shit that went out. It kind of worries me. I don't know where we find a horse this time around, but it kind of worries me the, <laughs> the kind of shit that could happen. It does make you wonder because there's so much pent up celebration. There's people who obviously haven't even seen it in their lives. A lot of people haven't. I haven't seen you're, it in my you're, lifetime. Yourself included. And I, I don't know what it would really look like, but I know... I think we could be responsible about it. I mean, I think it could because I think it would be bigger than the Raptors win. Is right? Is uh, I feel like, like it would be parade would still be as huge and significant and massive. That parade would be insane. I feel like they'd have to split it up. They'd have to do different parades because there is going to be you can't get that many people downtown Toronto. You would have to shut the whole place down. You would, and. I just worry about when they initially win. Once the whistle goes and the horn is sounded and they say, all right, Toronto, you won the Stanley Cup. I just feel like there's people who don't know how to emotionally handle yeah. that. And and they're going to like fucking tip over the CN Tower or something yes. ridiculous like that. Oh, yeah. Shit's going to happen. There's going to be viewing parties at Rogers Center. Imagine that. You'll have 18,000 in Scotiabank and another 50,000 yeah. watching on the screen you at should, Rogers though. Center. So you should. Oh, by the way, welcome to shit season in uh, the six. Tonight, Jays and Yankees at Rogers Center. Leafs playoffs, Scotiabank Arena just down the road. Good be, luck yeah. if you just don't want to try drive. and get home from work no. and you work downtown. I say don't drive, but even the transit that's in that area gets flooded. If they're let out at the same time, especially. But regardless, it's going to be flooded, too. The GO train trying to get yeah. home is going to be awful. And and add in Maple Leaf Square, too. There's going to be thousands of people outside Scotiabank yeah. Arena watching on the screen. And that's not even including, like, there's a lot of small events that have started to really, really pump up now. So the smaller halls are going to have concerts and different events that are happening. This is, tis the season, right? Remember those days, though? Mm-hmm. That used to be the norm. That's going to be the new norm for the next little while. We mentioned transit. Stephen Del Duca from the Ontario Liberal Party out with an announcement this morning. And I'm not a huge fan of Del Duca, but I can't even shit on him for that. A good idea is a good idea. For two years, transit's going to be a buck. Is that what he's pitching, huh? Any Well, we had buck a beer. <laughs> this one seems like more For pe- like a day. This one and seems- it was PC. <laughs> <laughs> and it, nobody really even, it never, exactly, it never came to fruition. Nobody cares about beer compared to transit. Transit's a big one. I mean, and so for me, this, I understand exactly what he's doing here because he's going to hit the people in the fields who are looking for hey, I need more like environmentally friendly alternative mixed with, hey, families are struggling and people are struggling. They need to help to save some money. And this also hits them right where it counts, which is the wallet. So you're helping people who morally want to have something done and also who just f- need the money at the same time or enjoy having the extra money in their pocket. So I understand the platform. Do we believe it would actually happen? Uh, I, I kind of do. Yeah? It's a really good green initiative. There's a lot of people who would take transit, but... I mean, three fifty each way, seven bucks. Uh, I'll just drive. Fuck it. I've got gas in the tank. I'll just right. drive. There's a lot of people, and also low income people too. That's a barrier for them to have to pay seven bucks each yeah. way to get here and there. Sure. And that's just for buses. If you take the Go Train, I took the train from Burlington to Scotiabank Arena a couple weeks ago. I went to a Raptors game. It was twelve fifty each way. Really? Did I really need to pay 25 bucks to go to the game? And granted, it was cheaper than parking, but I had to wait for the train. I had to drive down yeah. there. I had to park at the station. I, I think that they should remove any barrier to people using transit. Once we're all riding trains and buses, then they can play around with yeah, the price. But I think this is good. And, and I'll tell you something else. And don't shit on me for this, because I know that if you're one of those people scared shitless that the liberals might get elected, you don't want to hear it. But like I just said, there's no monopoly on good ideas. Good ideas are good ideas because they're good. And there's two things that have been announced in the last few days that were good. Buck a bus or what would we call it? <laughs> Buck a ride? Buck a ride. <laughs> Where does the money come from, though? You know, but anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, it's $900 million in the first year, $1.1 yeah. billion in the second year. We're becoming a license to print money in this place, and it's really pissing me off, too. Well, especially when you see how bad inflation is. It's scary stuff. But buck a bus is good because every single person can take advantage of that. All you have to do is take a bus and you get the benefit of those savings or a train or whatever. Right. And this would be all transit systems in Ontario, which is awesome. The other thing is uh, people kind of shit on the liberals over this, but they announced that they would cut the HST on prepared food under $20. 
I mean, you can shit on it if you want. I don't think they're trying to encourage people to go and get a Big Mac every fucking day because there's no HST on it. But that's a tax cut that everybody gets. There's some people who don't leave the house without stopping and getting some prepared food. Whether it's a coffee at Tim's or Starbucks or you get a sandwich at A&W or a burger at Harvey's. Even something in a grocery store or a market, right? Absolutely. That would count, right? You buy yourself your um, chickpea salad or some shit like that. Great. Those uh, family-sized salads that a lot of people will pick them up or that whole chicken dinner, those are prepared because it's been cooked. And because it was a service to cook it for you, they charge HST on it. I think that's good. Take away the HST on that. Nobody should be complaining when our taxes go down because we pay so much. Yeah. And again, this is just a good idea. It'll save everybody money. It's not like the other tax cuts that are, well, if you make less than $38,000 a year, we're going to give you a rebate on your taxes next year. Well, give me a fucking break. People need relief now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a good thing. In fact, I kind of encourage the other parties steal that idea. I'd like whoever wins to use some of those ideas because those are good ideas. It wouldn't be the first time somebody did. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, Doug, you want to lock this thing up and make it a slam dunk? Stick with your platform, but factor in or add into yours. We're going to do dollar transit and no HST on prepared food under $20. That would be great. Like a food court of election promises. You can just pick whatever you want. Find whatever works for you. <laughs> a la carte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. I think that's great. So again, credit where credit is due. Those are two relevant, good things that I think will help. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Six in ten parents believe kids under 13 should be banned from all social media. Hmm. I don't think that there's many parents who would have a problem with that? Yeah. I think probably there's a lot of people out there who agree with the concept of banning kids from social media just because it's become so toxic mm-hmm. and so dangerous in so many ways. I think the only thing we'd really be wrestling with is the actual age that you allow them on. Right. This is a poll that says 60% of parents want kids under 13. There's some parents who might actually want to lower that to 10, lower it to 8, whatever. Maybe you want to raise it. Can't get on social media till you're... 15 or 16. Yeah, I see that. I understand that argument. Is it because it's got to be scary for you? Because, I mean, your girls aren't that far off. I mean, Mm -hmm. in in the next 10 years, they'll probably want an Instagram account or a TikTok account or a Snapchat. Right. So and I do think that you need to unblur the line, too, between social media account that you're mentioning, you're talking about your typical ones, your Instagrams and Facebook, I suppose, or TikTok or whatever's new that comes out, because who knows what's going to be around five years from now, even. That compared to a communication platform. And by that, I mean, I know that there's a lot of parents that will allow their young child to play Pokemon Go and they're on live and they're on with their friends. Those are people they know. There are people who will play Fortnite, for example, and they get to connect with their friends. Back in my day, it was MSN Messenger. Who's with me, millennials? It was all about MSN Messenger, for example. No ICQ? Uh, slightly, but ICQ was not as popular. No, really? no, 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 no. It was around, but MSN Messenger kind of took it over. So I was in that time where it was after after ICQ. It was still lingering, but mainly MSN Messenger. So I would come home from school, and that was my that was my outlet. But it was all people I knew, and that's the scary difference. That's what I mean by we got to unblur the line here. Because for me, I would be probably feeling better and safe with something like that. I know it can still be toxic. I know there's still room for all kinds of negativity. I get it. But I would feel more comfortable with something along those lines of, uh, yeah, you can play your thing with your friends. I know there's a lot of parents who do that, but they get to listen. So they get, they get to listen in on their kids' conversations, for example. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Beca- Ooh. And, and sometimes for good reason. I don't know from what I can tell anyway. And this is just based on my hearsay because, my, again, my kids are way too young for that right now. But they've overheard things and they need to have conversations with their kids. Like, why did your kid say something like, why did this kid say something like this to you? That's not, that doesn't seem right. They don't barge in and say something, but they listen in. So anyway, there's, there's a difference between that 
And then there's social media, where it's a vast, huge, kind of scary world. Cesspool of it's, shit. It is a cesspool of shit. So I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with wanting to raise it higher. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let my kid be on there too young. Absolutely. Hmm. I couldn't tell you the exact age for me, but a 15 sounds a little bit better. Like a, once you're in high school sounds a little bit better when I know it's still going to be toxic again, but at least they're old enough where you can have those conversations with them before you go into this world. Here's what you're going to see. You're going to see some shit that's fake. There's shit that's photoshopped. There's shit that's going to try to, they're going to try to sell you everything and make you seem like you are less than unless you buy these products, unless you look like this. And if I felt, and I would probably go individually, if I felt like my daughter, for example, when she's old enough could handle it, and was honest with me and everything else, then maybe I'd be okay with it. But before then, I'm not too sure. You can cut a deal too. Like, ah, you know what? Tell you what. One, you can have one. You're not going to be on all of them like mom and dad are. You get one. Which one would you let them on? Oh, if I had to, oh, like today, if it was today. Would it be TikTok? fuck. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I would honestly let them choose. Really? I suppose. Oh, if they can't depending on what their kids what the what their friends are on, right? And they if kids are mostly talking about the TikTok videos that they that they saw, uh, okay, if that's what you want, fine. But I would also do a t- uh, t- screen time limitation, right? Sure. If my uh, my kids are obviously older, but if they came to me and said, "Time to get on social media. I want to I want to get on social media with my friends." If they said Facebook, no fucking way. Twitter? Absolutely <laughs> not. The good thing is kids don't give a shit about either of those. They don't. They don't want to be. They on. have no interest in Facebook. No. Facebook is like radio. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of people using it, but the younger generation hasn't quite picked up on it. And I don't know that they ever will when it comes to Facebook because it's an older model. Um, speaking of social, Snapchat has an actual drone that you can buy now. Okay, and this- I don't even know. It actually looks kind of neat. I thought the I idea like was stupid, but it's cheap and it seems to work. I actually really like this. And I think for influencers, this will be this will be a good investment. It's only a Canadian. It's going to cost you about like 270 bucks. That's for the starter package. You can buy an expendable battery and all these other things. I was doing some reading up on it because I thought this is perfect for those people who are influencers. And you could roll your eyes at influencers. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't consider myself one. I know there's people who make a lot of money doing that and feeling the need to post a lot. But there's a lot of advantages to having this drone. The difference between this drone and drones in general is it follows you around. It captures you and it has four different settings basically to kind of circle you if you want. It can stay still and take photo. It can stay still and take video. It can go ahead of you and take the landscape as well as you. So if you are an influencer who does videos or maybe you're a traveler and that's what your, you know, your niche is, I think this is a great option for people. And it also helps you to get those pictures and those videos that you want without you trying to do it yourself and falling off a cliff and fucking dying. So I think that that's a good, that's a good thing. How'd you fall in the Niagara Gorge? I was trying to get a selfie. How many times have we heard this though? I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, like not even that many years ago, a young girl fell off the edge trying to take a photo, if I'm not mistaken, with Niagara Falls, right? I believe it was a photo. Like shit like that unfortunately happens. And I know that's so obscure. Like it's a one in whatever million chance. But if you are an influencer and you do want to get those good shots, regardless of the scary situations, even if you want to get a shot and you're by yourself, it's a way to get that content and still be able to use it. Snapchat, for those wondering, like, what do you mean Snapchat's doing the drone? This is their second step. They're doing a bunch of hardware. They've, they've went into that market. They actually had glasses at first, some form of glasses. I don't know if it went over that well, but this is actually, I don't know a single person that has Snapchat glasses. Yeah, no, nor do I. I. I don't think it went over that well, but this drone is like their second, their second pro, their second, uh, I don't know, piece of technology, basically, that they put out under their name, under their Snap brand name. It's not cheap, but I could see people buying it because it's also not crazy expensive. I think it's a good price. And influencers are willing to pay a lot of money for stupid shit. So I think this is pretty smart. Let's give Airbnb a shout out. They've now confirmed that their employees have the right to work not just from home. From anywhere in the world, basically. They say under the new Airbnb policy, employees can work from the office, at home, or during their travels to 170 countries around the world. Mm -hmm. They pointed out millions of people worked remotely during the pandemic. And while we all talked about, it's amazing how well this works. It's amazing we can make the business work with all the employees at home. As soon as COVID was over, they they said, all right, time to come back to the office. Why? You just said it worked when we were at home. Sure, that. But also Airbnb is a travel company. That's basically what they are. 
it's a home away from home. That's the whole deal. I'm assuming as well, and this is just an assumption. I don't know anyone who works with Airbnb, but I'm assuming you get some forms of perks if you want to use an Airbnb on your vacations, for example. So why not take an opportunity to do that as well? See different spots. I'm sure it does nothing but, I don't know, but basically improve your you as an employee, I think. So why would you not? That's what they do. I just don't understand how we went from the whole, yeah, work from home is great, and we get that our employees like it, and they're just as productive, and everything is good, to change it and bring them all back to the way we were doing it. It makes no sense to me. I thought that this was going to be an opportunity to diversify, to downsize your real estate holdings and things like that. That said, I mean, we haven't heard a lot about it, but I know that there are a lot of more private, smaller companies that are doing just that. I know one that just switched to a four-day work week because they did a trial during COVID because they found our employees are not only doing well, they're actually doing better than they were before. They also found it was was a tech, actually a local tech company someone I know works at. And they actually found that not only were they more productive, they were able to pinpoint the people who weren't. Really? Very easily by moving to a four-day work week. And for whatever reason, obviously that's going to help you out because you're going to be able to ditch the people that are no good. It made their employees better, the more productive. So that four-day work week thing comes into effect too. So not only are they at home, they only have to go into the office like once a week or whatever it is. The rest of the days are at home and they don't have to work Fridays. I think it's brilliant. It's amazing. I don't, I mean, when it's- More thi- of that, please. Yeah, more of that. If it's this hard to find good people to work in your company and all the companies are saying the same thing, there's no employees out there, no one's applying for the job, then make it more attractive. And mm-hmm. if someone can work from home, let them work from home. Yeah, that old school mentality of, well, I need to see them and keep an eye on them to make sure they're working. No, you don't. Let them work. Their prod or their the results they produce is what will determine how well yeah. they do. And if they're producing the results, why the fuck do you care where yeah. they're working? Let them do it. Keep an eye on your revenue, and that's exactly what some companies are doing. Right? They're just they're just keeping an eye on their bottom line. That's what you should do. Keep an eye on your own bottom line. Don't worry about that. You're going to be able to figure out the str- stragglers on your own. But aside from that, don't focus on it. See how you're doing. Is your company doing well still or better? then you're doing something right by by doing it that way. So don't fret, but you're right. There's a lot that are calling people back in. Does that also have to do with, though, issues getting out of leases for large buildings? Because I wonder how that factors in. I know there are some companies that kind of, you know, they went ahead and signed off on a 10-year lease deal, for example, and it's big bucks. And then they're like, ah, oh, shit, all our employees at this insurance company, let's say, for example, went home for a while. We still have this lease and to get out of it's going to cost us a lot of fucking money. So you get your ass back in here and you better use this fucking building. I don't think it's a use it type thing. Yeah. I think it's really just a control thing. I, I mean, Absolutely I guess. Absolutely could be. Yeah. Each company's different, but that's the way I see it. Uh, this is going to be tough because I know that there's some people who really, really, really like certain actors. And if you really like an actor, you don't want to think that they would do something so heinous. But Bill Murray's in the news today. <laughs> you were about to talk about Amber Heard, but hang on. No, nope, we're nope. not talking about Amber Heard. Bill Murray is apologizing, and I don't even think we know exactly what happened, do we? Okay, so in this particular instance, we do not know what happened, and he didn't say, but he did an interview about it. So for those that don't know, he's filming a movie called Being Mortal, which actually has a really great cast. It was him. I say was for the time being, okay? So it was him, Seth Rogen, Aziz Ansari. It's actually Aziz Ansari's movie. He also stars in it. So they're starting filming, just began production, in fact, and they had to shut shit down. And they had to let people know why. So then there started to be these rumors that it had to do with Bill Murray and the way he conducted himself on the set. And then all these stories got brought to light about Bill Murray, which, by the way, there's actually several of them throughout the years. He is kind of known for making inappropriate jokes Maybe saying shit that you would have maybe gotten away with in the 80s when you were making Ghostbuster. Yeah, no problem to say those jokes behind the scenes, but people don't appreciate it now. It got to the point where there's actually several formal complaints against him, so they had to shut down production of this movie. So that's all we knew. So then all these stories got brought to light about this is what happened in the 90s and the 80s, and he's inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. So he's, he's fessing up to it. He's absolutely inappropriate. What he says during this interview, and we'll play this for you, I, f- I, find, a hard, I find it hard forgiving him with him knowing that he did something wrong as he was doing it. But have a listen to Bill Murray explaining sort of what happened. We had a difference of opinion. I had a difference of opinion with a woman I'm working with. I did something I thought was funny and it wasn't taken that way. As of now, we're talking and we're trying to make peace with each other. I think that's where the real issue is, is between our peace 
we're both professionals. We like each other's work. I, we like each other, I think. And if we can't really get along and trust each other, there's no point in going further working together or, or, or making a movie as well. So I'm going to play part two in just a second, but let's point out here. Okay, he made a joke. It wasn't taken that way. It could have been a physical move, too. He's apparently pulled on girls' ponytails before and said things. Um, that's, again, according to allegation from previous film sets that he used to do that, make sexual jokes, things like that. Okay. Now he's going to explain something that I find fascinating. The whole topic is fascinating. Things that used to be okay that are no longer okay. <laughs> Listen to Bill Murray. You know, the world's different than it was when I was a little kid. You know, what I always thought was funny as a little kid isn't necessarily the same as what's funny now. Things change and the times change. So it's important for me to figure it out. I think it's a sad dog that can't learn anymore. I don't want to be that sad dog and I have no intention of it. That's great. But there is no shortage of people out there in this world of cancel culture that we live in that feel you can be judged by today's standards for your past actions. He's basically admitted in that clip or that interview, whatever that was, that, yeah, he's done inappropriate stuff in the past. But he recognizes that it's a different time. He wants to learn and he's going to do the work. Isn't that all we can really ask from somebody? I mean, yeah. Other if, than not doing it in the first place? If I'm going to be nitpicky, I'm going to say, it, you know, you mentioned, and so did he kind of alluded to, it used to be okay. It was never okay. Just to be perfectly fucking clear, people didn't stand up and speak out, particularly females. We know this. Mm-hmm. And now there's a female who said, oh, hell no. Now, is it one of the stars of the movie? We don't know. I know it also stars Kiki Palmer. I couldn't tell you. Nobody knows. It could be a crew member. I don't know. Sure. But whoever it was, and there there might have been multiple, uh, we know for sure one, stood up for themselves and said, it's not okay for you to make that kind of a joke. I don't like it. I know that some people think, oh, comedy is comedy is funny. Nobody asked for his opinion on whatever it was he said, I'm sure. And that's where the problem lies, is that you just say shit and you think it's okay. Or you thought, well, it used to be okay. No, it was never okay. It's just that we don't, they don't take that shit anymore in the film business. In all fairness, though, people are now, like you said, speaking out. And if nobody spoke out in the past when somebody dropped a racially charged joke, the implication was that it was okay to keep doing that. If everybody laughs and nobody complains, that's how that sort of culture Mm -hmm. sort of carried on. Sure. And now there are people out there, good people, who will stand up and say, that's not okay. You can't tell that joke. That's inappropriate. That's rude. And it's offensive. So stop. Okay. If he doesn't stop, then you escalate it. But, and again, not saying because you had a fantastic point. You're absolutely right. It never was okay. But unless they were told in the past it's not okay, then they kept doing it in a lot of cases. And I'm kind of gathering that that's what happened here with Bill Murray. Is he going to get canceled? I don't know. Yeah. Is there people who are going to stay away from using Bill Murray in their movie? Because, oh, I heard this guy tell some racist jokes and pisses off all the women on the set. Yeah, I don't know. We need we need specifics. though. That's the problem is that we don't have those. We have a lot of hearsay and allegations. He knows he said something that he realizes now is wrong. What it was, that's going to determine how we feel, I think. I've always got to be careful when I play DJ Khaled clips because he talks at a much louder volume than average people does. (laughs) He had an interesting problem. He had his kid with him, and every parent, I think, has been through this. Every now and again, a kid wants McDonald's, and you have a choice. You can either tell them, no, we've got food at home, or you can say, all right. Let's go and find you a McDonald's. But what do you do when the kid wants a Happy Meal and you go to McDonald's and they're out of Happy Meals? Probably go and find another McDonald's because that kid wants a Happy Meal, right? The next location's out. And the next location's out. And even the location after that is out of Happy Meals. What the fuck do you do? You've got this kid in the back and you can't let your kid down when they really want fries, nugs, and a yogurt tube. DJ Khaled <laughs> went on a mission. <laughs> I gotta play this for you. Listen. We at McDonald's and um my son wanted to By the way, doesn't that just totally reinforce what I said about him being a loud talker? I'm that, McDonald's! That was the same volume as Bill Murray. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning here. We at McDonald's and um my son wanted a happy meal. And we went to every McDonald's. They have no Happy Meals nowhere. I don't know why McDonald's don't have Happy Meals, but this, but this McDonald's has a Happy Meal. Can I get you a Happy Meal? You know what I'm saying? Thank you so much. You don't understand, like, McDonald's, we need Happy Meals. The kids want Happy Meals. We went to five McDonald's and no Happy Meals. 
This McDonald's showed us love and they're giving us a happy meal. Thank you, McDonald's. I don't know that you have to do that. I mean, that's their job is to provide the happy meal and you give them the money and that's yeah. the end of the transaction. Yeah. Uh, what is the problem with happy meals first and foremost? I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. I don't know if it was like a toy shortage or like the box itself is like the whole because it comes as a package, right? You know, a happy meal. You all know the even if maybe you don't buy them or you used to get them, you know, the box, the happy. Meal. Is it is it that? Um, is it the toy? Is it? Are we out of yogurt tubes? Oh, <laughs> I, well, we can give you the happy know. meal, but we're out of apple slices. I don't know. I'm assuming no that, kid is going to complain about that. I'm assuming that it's um, I'm assuming that it's a mixture between the packaging and the toy, like somewhere along those lines, and it just doesn't make it a happy meal, right? For some kids, it's just a meal at that point. It's just it's like nothing a meal. happy it's a about burger it. Burger and fries or apple slices or whatever, and that's it. Yeah. It's not the same, I suppose. How much do you want to bet that at every one of those McDonald's that he went to trying to find a Happy Meal, he grabbed himself like a McChicken or something like that? Well, no Happy Meal. I'll get a snack wrap. I'll get whatever you got. I'll get Play a fish and a quarter pounder to go. I'm going to check another McDonald's. This is just going to get me from here to there. His kids are like hungry in the backseat like, man, what about me? By the way, like five, he went to five fucking McDonald's. Like if that was me and I rolled up to McDonald's and I was like, okay, kids, I'm treating you to a Happy Meal. And I rolled up to like, we're out of Happy Meals. I'm like, well, kid, you're getting something else. I'm not going to another fucking McDonald's. I hope you like Burger King because that's where we're going. <laughs> Whatever's close. Put the crown on. Whatever's we're going. close. We've all been drunk at one point or another. Uh, absolutely. I don't know if I've ever been this drunk, though. Police in Portland, they shared this on their Facebook page over the weekend, say a 26-year-old woman tried to drive her car down the stairs, the outside stairs, at police headquarters. Imagine a building full of cops. <laughs> cops that are there to fight crime. And they just look out their window and there's an SUV coming across the plaza and trying to drive down the stairs of headquarters. Wow. They say this woman drove across a pedestrian plaza tried to get back on the street by taking a shortcut through police headquarters and going down their stairs. That's when her SUV got stuck on them and she realized she couldn't back up or go forward. She claims she was just following the GPS. <laughs> How many people have used that as an excuse? Oh, I know. Do something stupid, blame the GPS. Yeah, well, this is the GPS. Also, I'm fucking smashed. Yeah, police say it was likely not a GPS issue. Much more likely it was the excessive <laughs> blood alcohol level uh -huh. that likely led to her driving on the stairs. <laughs> Mind you, you know what? How brilliant would it be for these police departments to try to get people who are inebriated to, to, to just drive right to them? Wouldn't that make life easier? Mm -hmm. Like there mm -hmm. should be some kind of a way that they could figure out like this person might be intoxicated. The second that they try to plunk something into their Waze account or Google Maps or some shit, it brings them right to the police station. That would be brilliant. Speaking of the police, <laughs> a 69-year-old man in Florida, his name is David, was a volunteer with the Polk County Sheriff's Office. He was caught last Thursday selling prescription meds out of his patrol car in uniform. Oh, great. The county started an investigation after <laughs> talk got out that the cop was selling oxy pills <laughs> out of a police cruiser in uniform. Apparently, the sheriff was livid when he found out. No shit. Uh, <laughs> he said, quote, I'm hotter than a bare butt on a tin roof in August. That was a quote from the sheriff. That is That's very Florida. Very so yeah, absolutely. They arrested David on weapons and drug trafficking charges. There's a minimum mandatory sentence of 15 years for this drug charge. He also had marijuana and a firearm with him at the time of his arrest that was not his police-issued firearm. All the things. Way to go. <laughs> you Fuck. dipshit. You know, you hear that, that too, by the way. People who are like, yeah, I want to be a, a hard criminal undercover, so I'm going to go train to be a cop. Not a lot of people I even see it through. Or maybe there was a moment in this guy's life where he changed his mind completely. But holy shit. I feel, though, like that's act like you're supposed to be there. Yeah. Who, who's yeah. going to question the cop? Yeah. And if you really want oxys and you find a cop that's actually selling them, I'm amazed anyone did. Because I, I would think that's a real police car. He's a real cop or auxiliary cop you, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Why would you buy those? You'd think it's a sting or a setup. So people obviously... Got to know this guy. Knew. There was some trust there. Yeah. Who ratted him out? There was a long time. You're right. That was a long time lead up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, last thing we're going to cover, because, God, we're already over time. Um, some flight attendants have come together 
and they've created a service for all of us. Seven important reminders for when you're packing. And inevitably, we're all going to go away again sometime soon. Even if you're unvaxxed, I have to think at some point soon, you'll finally be able to go somewhere. So here's their seven tips. Number one, make a list. You're less likely to forget something if you have a list and they say the list saves time. I go by the amount of days. If I'm going somewhere for seven days, okay, I need 14 pairs of underwear. I need 14 socks. I need five pants and how many shirts? Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Don't fold your clothes, roll them. Yep, roll them. Great tip. It's amazing how many people don't know that, though. Yeah, do it. First of all, it saves you lots of room in your suitcase, gives you more room, I should say, as well. And then when you take it out of your suitcase, it tends to have less wrinkles. If it's rolled. If you do it that way, yeah. Look for the most versatile things in your closet. You can't pack everything, so choose stuff that could be dressy or not dressy. Mm -hmm. Or it's dressy when you pair it with this or casual when you pair it with that. Simple stuff. Like jeans and t-shirts are the best way to go, they say. Mm -hmm. Leave extra space in your suitcase. Don't fill it as full as you can, especially if you plan to shop. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to have to go out and throw stuff away or not be able to bring something home. Because you're over your weight limit or there's no room in your case. Yeah, you're real amateur. This is amateur hour if you don't know that. Or what I'll do sometimes too is if clothes are like on the way out maybe, I think, okay, if I'm going to do like a day where I'm hiking, let's say I am doing some exploring, I'll wear those shitty clothes and I'll leave them there. I don't even bring it back with me. So it's really? from my suitcase on the way home and I can just, this is the last trip for you, you know, old jeans or old shoes or whatever. This is your, la- this is your final trip. You're and getting I'm, a proper burial at sea. I'm fucking leaving you in Costa Rica and never seeing you again, bitch. And I leave it there. <laughs> Thank you for keeping my bum warm all these years, but now you're, you're retiring to Costa Rica. It's time. Yeah. It, there could be worse places to retire. I'm just saying. Wear your heaviest items possible. They say if you're going somewhere cold, Wear your coat on the plane. If you're going somewhere warmer, Mm. wear the heavier shoes and Mm -hmm. pack your flip-flops. The heaviest stuff you should wear because they don't weigh you. They only weigh weigh your suitcase. How many people, too, have done the thing where it's so risky, it's so Canadian. If you're going on a trip somewhere warm in the wintertime, you just like take the risk and you hate your life for a little bit of it. But you're like, fuck it. I'm not bringing my winter coat. I'll bring my spring jacket. I'll try to get away with that because I know once I land, I'm going to be, it's going to be hot as fuck in whatever, Mexico, Dominican, fill in the blank, wherever you're going where it's hot. And you're like, I'll, I'll take the hit on it on my way home. And sure enough, it always happens. It's like a snowstorm. It's freezing fucking cold. We also try and power through, right? Oh, just spent a week down in the Caribbean and we're all tanned and hot and such and such is going to pick us up at the airport. They'll be outside terminal one when we land. So you don't pack a coat. But then you walk out there and you stand on that gross fucking boulevard waiting for that person to circle around and pick you up, freezing Freezing. your actual tits off. Yeah, you're absolutely freezing. you do it because, fuck it, I was on vacation and I'm not wearing a coat anytime soon. I feel like there's got to be a way around it. Like, if you have time... Maybe you could like check check them in the lost and found at the airport or something. Be like, hmm, maybe you can get away with that. <laughs> then you get a coat free at the same time. Like, hey, do you have any coats at the uh, out here? Yeah. Hmm? Number six, and I'd never heard this tip. They say, don't forget to pack yourself a water bottle. They say it'll save you money and it's better for the environment. Refill a reusable bottle. Don't leave home without a water bottle. Sure. And seven is go easy on the just in case items. They say that's usually why people overpack. So try to bring the stuff that you think you're only going to need. Yeah. And if they're, if you're going to a place that has options, like retail options to purchase things, yeah, don't be too worried about it. Like if you're going to Vegas, for example, who cares if you forget your toothbrush or toothpaste or your deodorant or all that? You can buy all of those things there. Right. So don't be too worried about making sure you cross every single thing off the list. You can save yourself a little bit if you buy yourself a little, you know, baby one once you get there. Maybe you get a little travel size, everything. When you get there, not even in your own travel on, like carry on, right? I know what they mean by the just in case stuff. Like it, when you're going on a, uh, a trip and you think, well, fuck, I better pack my cowboy hat just in case there's a rodeo or something when I'm there. <laughs> it's like, gonna- there's not going to be a rodeo. Yeah. No, you don't need a fucking cowboy hey, hat You for never that. know when a rodeo is going to have come along, huh? Yeah. I packed my Santa suit just in case there's a mall and kids that want stuff. <laughs> They want on my lap. What a fucking creep.
I'd red flag you for sure. You don't need to pack a hundred no. condoms because you're probably not going to get laid a hundred times. <laughs> you probably like don't. Two or three one. is probably good. Yeah, it's probably sufficient. Have yourselves a fantastic Monday, everybody. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of After Nine. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. We'll get this Snapple announced that it's going to rebrand its diet Snapple drinks as Snapple Zero Sugar. Don't worry, it'll still taste like the drink you've never tried. Elon Musk bought Twitter. Twitter is out. Some people like it. Some, I don't know, it's a kind of, some people like it, some people don't. Elon said, everybody's worrying about nothing. Twitter is going to remain a place where something you brain farted when you were in junior high can haunt you for the rest of your life. So stop worrying. Amazon's stock just crashed after the company reported a loss of nearly $4 billion. Amazon's stock is crashing. Netflix stock is crashing. Right now, everyone who invested in Beanie Babies is like, well, 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 who's the financial <laughs> genius now? Last year, Subway closed more than 1,000 locations in the U.S. 1,000 stores is a lot. That's over 50,000 footlongs of retail space. <laughs> it's kind of annoying because the stores are gone, but the smell of nine-grain honey oat bread still remains. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.